This week on Viewpoints. If you're going to innovate, if you're going to build the future, it's not enough just to have a fancy pedigree or a really nice resume. Got to be clear what value you can add as a professional. How to jump jobs in an economy that still favors workers. Then. I believe that every region and every community across the planet should be able to feed themselves. The struggle to keep America's farmland in the hands of farmers. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Chances are you're jamming in your car right now. And since Liberty Mutual customizes car insurance, so you only pay for what you need, Limu and I are going to show you some safe car dance moves. Hit it. Everybody, check your blind spots real quick. Now hands on the wheel. Put them 10 in two and move your head like a bird do. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We're almost halfway into 2022, and the Great Resignation is still making headlines. Many companies continue to struggle to fill open vacancies and retain employees in this worker-centric economy. Last year, more than 40 million Americans left their jobs. But where are all of these people going? With stimulus money long gone and prices rising across the board, it's vital to have some form of income flowing in. While some have quit and chosen to retire, the vast majority are still able to work. Experts like Jeremy Schiefling note that people are leaving their current jobs for positions that offer better pay, benefits, and other perks like an option to work remotely. Schiefling is a career expert and currently leads teacher outreach efforts at Khan Academy. He's also the co-author of Linked, Conquer LinkedIn, Get Your Dream Job, own your future. He says there are tons of these jobs still available and that now is the best possible time to make a jump if you're considering it. So many people who've basically gone through the past two years have said to themselves, wait a second, this was this massive traumatic change in our society and I am still doing the same job that I was doing back in 2019 and I'm no happier doing it. Do I really want to be doing it in 2029 or do I want to use this inflection point to transform my life, transform my career. There's really never been a time when job seekers have had so much power in that delicate dance between employer and employee. And so if you're looking to get your first start or get a new start, now really is the time. And millions have done just that in recent years. The pandemic has resulted in many people questioning what's important in life. Am I content in this role? What am I really passionate about? How can I work smarter, not harder? This has resulted in some jumping ships, and there's no shame in doing this. Schiefling says that too often people assume that their career should be a straight, linear path. 
But that's not necessarily true. No one is going to start work today for General Motors and retire there with a gold watch in 40 years like their grandfather or grandmother may have. Instead, understand that your career is going to be kind of this dotted line from A to B to C, and even opportunities that you never conceived of when you first started your journey. And if you open yourself to those possibilities, you'll discover so much potential, both in the world and within you, that you didn't even know about. So for example, I started as a kindergarten teacher in Brooklyn. I went to work for LinkedIn and Apple and Google, all these tech giants. And I now work at Khan Academy, which blends those two things together, my passion for education and my passion for technology. And I had no idea 20 years ago when I started my career that something like that even existed. And yet by opening myself up, I was able to obtain it. In addition to changing jobs, there's also room to switch careers entirely. A role or industry that may have looked great at the get-go may no longer serve you anymore. And I do think that over time, our values and our needs shift. So for example, when I was young, I was all about learning as much as I could, growing as much as I could. Whereas in the middle of my career, it's more about how do I have the life that I want to build sort of the right structure for my family and the things that are really important to me at this stage. And so if you are just right out of school or you are sort of a couple years down that road, think to yourself, if my values really are about getting a chance to try new things, to expose myself to new opportunities, how can I make sure that I'm focusing on that versus just a fancy job title that looks great for my friends, but actually doesn't make me any smarter? If you are looking to make a change, don't count yourself out for a certain position. If you don't fit the exact job description or don't have a college degree, Schiefling says that the pandemic and the Great Resignation have reset hiring norms in many ways. Because employers are having such a hard time hiring, and there are more job openings than there are unemployed people in this country right now, that means that this pedigree traditional hiring approach where we say, did you go to the right school? Do you know the right people? Just doesn't work anymore here in 2022. Instead, a lot of savvy firms are moving to skills-based hiring where they say, do you have experience with SQL? Do you have experience with A-B testing? Do you have experience with cloud-based marketing? If you've got these skills on your resume and you can actually walk that talk, that matters a lot more than just saying you went to some fancy pants school or you went to a school at all. So if you've ever said to yourself, oh, I've been locked out of my dream career by my lack of a formal education, know that that time has passed and now is the moment when your skills, your true ability are what's going to get you in the door. One sector where many want to get in the door is tech. This field offers high-paying roles, lots of perks, and there's opportunity for growth. Schiefling says you don't need to have a degree in computer science or engineering in order to work in tech. There are several high-paying, non-coding roles involving management, sales, strategy, and more. Got to be clear what value you can add as a professional. Can you help us understand our audience better? Can you help us lead our teams better? Can you help us deliver results more impactfully? So be really clear about the value you can contribute. And so you will quickly realize there are a couple of really common roles in the tech industry, things like product manager, product marketer, salesperson, account executive. And if you can figure out which of those roles are a really good fit for you, you can use that label, you can use all of that language to register yourself as an insider. Once you figure out which positions best match up with your skills, the next step is building relationships with those already in tech. One of the really astounding pieces of data from hiring is that applicants who are referred by someone inside the firm are 10 times more likely to be hired than someone who only applies online. 
And so even if you're stuck on the outside today, kind of looking through the tech glass, if you will, building those bonds to people on the inside will really pay off once you start applying. While career fairs and mutual connections are a great place to start, Sheafling says use technology to your advantage. Create a LinkedIn account and use the platform to connect with people outside of your typical network or geographical area. I think the smartest job seekers or would-be entrepreneurs are going onto a site like LinkedIn, which has more than 800 million professionals, and saying, who can I learn from? Is there someone who's already taken the plunge or already leapt into entrepreneurship that I could reach out to? Maybe who went to the same school as me or worked at a similar company in the past so I can learn from their experience before I go down this road. Schiefling also recommends using this specific platform to reach out to anyone at any company. If you want to reach out to anyone on LinkedIn, you can obviously send them a connection request and personalize that, but you're limited to only 300 characters and they might never see your message because maybe they have all their LinkedIn messages going to spam. Instead, if you use a tool like hunter.io, you can actually look up their real world email address, which we all know they're checking 10 or 20 times a day. And so that way you're sure to get through. And when you do get through, you know, don't just come out and say, hey, give me a job. Instead, say, give me a chance to learn from you. You know, as someone who's been in my shoes, maybe went to the same school or started on the same path, I would love nothing more than to learn from your expertise. And for pretty much any alum, any professional out there, that's catnip. That's a chance to pay it forward to the next generation. So that's the way you should reach out. There's no doubt that it can be overwhelming to jump from a comfortable job into a setting where you're starting anew and constantly learning. However, he says this period right now is the best time to make that switch if you're thinking about it. Even though things are really sunny right now, there are rain clouds on the horizon, and you can actually see them drifting in straight from the tech industry. So as good as tech has been for the last decade or so, financially, hiring-wise, all of a sudden, the stock market is really down in terms of tech stocks, anywhere from 25 to 75%. And so I do think that as the sort of injection of federal funds starts to diminish and things start to come back to earth in terms of the gravity of regular economics, there will be tougher times ahead. That's why I really encourage your listeners, if you want to make a move, now is the time. Don't wait three months. Don't wait six months. Go for it when the iron is hot. And then be prepared to really double down in that space if those rain clouds do move in. So that even if you end up staying at that role, you're going to be really happy there, you're going to be learning there, and you're going to be succeeding and setting yourself up for the next adventure. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Jeremy Schiefling, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, transforming agriculture in America when Viewpoints returns. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Gain presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, 
We were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain Flings. Add Gain Scent Beads for an even longer-lasting scent. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower risk response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Farmer's market season is finally here. This summer, millions of Americans will flock to their community park or a transformed cement lot to buy fresh produce from local and regional vendors. In recent years, this community production has gained steam. The number of farmers markets in the U.S. continues to rise as more consumers become passionate about supporting local agriculture. Many who buy from this source prefer it for several reasons. A big one being that the food is coming from nearby rather than flown in from across the U.S. or another country entirely. This local sourcing of goods is more environmentally conscious and supports independent farmers that are embracing new practices. There is a movement. You know, right now there's over uh, 10,000 farmers markets across the country. When 20 years ago, there was like 1,700. The growth of community-supported agriculture, CSAs, you know, that's where people buy a share at the beginning of the season, and then they swing by the farm or meet uh, somewhere in town and pick up their box of fresh vegetables every week. You know, that's grown to tens of thousands across the world, and they virtually were non-existent 10 years ago. That's Robert Turner, an organic farmer in western North Carolina and author of Lewis Mumford and the Food Fighters, A Food Revolution in America. According to the USDA, most of the produce sold in grocery stores across the U.S. originates from California. When the growing season in California is over, a lot of produce comes from countries in South America. This allows Americans to buy fresh berries, broccoli, lettuce, and tomatoes in the dead of winter. Very soon, the U.S. will import 75% of its fruits and about half of our vegetables. Right now, currently, it's about uh, half our fruits and a third of our vegetables, but the rate is climbing quickly. So it's just risky business to be dependent on food from faraway places. You know, I believe that every region and every community across the planet should be able to feed themselves, you know, to some degree, uh, should be able to produce some food. It's just a matter of food security, food sovereignty, community resilience. So I think we all need to relearn some of the old ways and be able to feed ourselves. 
At the height of the pandemic, major food supply chains were upended and many grocery store shelves laid empty. Shipments from faraway places were delayed and the global supply chain faced monumental challenges. Fortunately, to bolster the supply of food, many regional farmers stepped up to meet the demand. Setting up online systems where there weren't any before, again, pooling their resources to establish multi-farm CSAs, really stepping up in the moment to not only keep their own operations going, but to create systems in that moment that were responsive to the need. That's David Howard, policy campaign co-director for the National Young Farmers Coalition, a grassroots effort of 51 farmer-led chapters in 33 states committed to transforming the agriculture industry in the U.S. This new generation of farmers is really passionate about feeding their communities and growing these local and regional food sheds, stewarding our natural resources, addressing climate change, building political power in their communities. So I think Are regional food systems having an impact? Will they continue to have an impact? Yes, absolutely. One of the barriers that all farmers in particular face is land access. Howard sees this as the biggest hurdle in expanding local and regional food systems. Land really determines who has resources and the opportunity to succeed in agriculture. Yet land ownership and access in this country are vastly unequal, with 98% of all farmland and 95% of all farms owned by white landowners. And my work from the policy perspective, looking at this next farm bill, we're really focused on making this bill one that addresses land access head on. And that's where our One Million Acres for the Future campaign comes in, calling on Congress to make a historic investment of $2.5 billion in equitable land access and transition. And it's not just a crisis for young farmers, it's a crisis for farmers who are trying to retire. You know, We're looking at potentially 40% of farmland transitioning out of the hands of existing farmers And we want that farmland to stay in farming. We want young and BIPOC farmers to have uh, equitable access to that land. And so, you know, we really need to make sure that in this next farm bill, there is a focus, a clear focus on that problem. Mike Downey is an Illinois farmer and consultant with NextGen Ag Advocates. His company was founded to act as an intermediary and help retiring farmers get connected to those entering the sector. We have a, I call it a young farmer program at NextGen Ag Advocates, where we, it's farmer founded, where we basically try to connect younger farmers, producers with aging farmers or retiring farmers that don't have a successor. They don't have a family heir to carry on the farm operation. And so we try to basically match like-minded parties together. Oftentimes, when farmers retire or leave the industry and there's no one lined up to take over the property, it's quickly scooped up by a developer. The rate that we're losing productive lands for that reason is pretty alarming. I think for every 60 seconds, it's amazing how many acres we lose because of just urban sprawl and development. About 65% of farmland is purchased still by farmers, the active farmer working the land. The other balance of that is typically from investors, institutional funds, pension funds, you know, whatever the case may be. And certainly uh, the likes of uh, some billionaires have gotten some press too, like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. You might be wondering, why are billionaires purchasing farmland? Well, first off, land investment is a stable and appreciating asset. And for people like Jeff Bezos, 
Rural areas with wide open stretches of fields are prime places to build massive Amazon warehouses. With growing demand for land in recent years, prices have also been steadily rising. Downey says high-quality farmland in eastern Iowa goes for $15,000 to $21,000 an acre. That's why people like himself and Howard have high hopes for the new farm bill that will hopefully level out the playing field. Both want to see young farmers succeed, and with the astronomical cost of entering the sector these days, they need all of the help they can get. When we're working with young farmers, you know, how do we, where is the cash flow going to come from? Unfortunately, my grandfather's generation had an opportunity where they could buy farmland and create a farm operation, grow a farm operation, primarily just from the income from the farm itself. Now with higher prices for machinery, land, what, you know, basically every input, it's just uh, the capital required to do that today is almost impossible for a young farmer. So that's where it's put a lot more focus on, well, where's our income and cash flow going to come from? What other enterprises can we introduce? Whether that's a livestock operation or having some off-farm income from selling seed or crop consulting, maybe an in-town job. But more recently here in the last few years, we've seen some, instead of trying to figure out how to buy all this land, they could maybe peel off a smaller acreage, like five or 10 acres, grow local produce, whether that's organic or uh, regenerative or natural And sometimes the income from those smaller enterprises can be very profitable. Whatever model it is, being a farmer is no easy feat. You can support local and regional farmers by subscribing to Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA, in your area. Also, make an effort to shop at a local farmer's market when possible. Find out more about farming resources, assistance, and access by visiting farmers.gov. This site is a branch of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Learn more about all of our guests by visiting our website at viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Polly Hansen. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio engineer is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. This halftime report was brought to you by Taco Bell's new Toasted Cheddar Chalupa. And now back to the... Hey, any of you guys had the toasted cheddar chalupa? Uh, Ken, we're alive. Has these crispy bits of cheddar cheese toasted right into its flaky shell. Rain it in, Ken. And you know they aged the cheddar cheese for six months. Ken, seriously, the second half has started. And now back to the game. The toasted cheddar chalupa is back. Only at Taco Bell. Ah! Participating Taco Bell locations for a limited time only. Contact store for hours and participation which vary. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. 
Since 2016, This Is Us has been a juggernaut for NBC. The emotional family drama won over audiences, and increasingly rare for network TV, it also won over many critics, with its diverse storytelling that tackled issues of race, alcoholism, obesity, divorce, death, and a whole host of other family drama-y issues. Actor Sterling K. Brown shot into superstardom during his time on the show, and stars Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia served as the anchors for the time-hopping TV program, which explored the Pearson family's inner workings from the 1970s into the future. After six, I can't state this enough, emotional, emotional, emotional seasons, This Is Us has aired its series finale. While it was mostly famous for its tear-jerking monologues and flowery language about the beauty of being part of a family unit, one thing I will always remember about This Is Us is that it was a show that was really willing to explore messy topics and that truly, truly valued diversity. In an era when diversity is a buzzword, This Is Us put in the work. The show included a black adoptee and his family, LGBTQ storylines, and discussions of disability, cognitive decline, and more. This Is Us was never afraid of making its audience consider the world from different perspectives, and it really was a refreshing thing to watch. The show brought in diverse actors, writers, and directors to make strides toward authenticity. Like I said before, network TV shows typically do not become phenomena anymore. That kind of thing is reserved for cable stations and the streamers. But This Is Us defied those odds. Sometimes the show frustrated me, sometimes it felt a bit over the top, and I couldn't help but roll my eyes as everyone perfectly articulated all of their emotional baggage. But at the same time, that's what made the show unique and worth watching. It helped me learn about the world, and it sparked conversations that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And that is pretty beautiful. Thanks for the ride, This Is Us. I'm Evan Rowe. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Hey, is this Lane Secure? Franco cybersecurity firm secured a contract. And that's all we're allowed to say. We have a green light on hiring. He needs web security professionals with a military background. Three teams of four, 24-hour rotations, but protocol Zulu is on a need-to-know basis. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard, so you can stay organized and connected all the way to the hire. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. That's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. 
Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.